Words have power. Words have the power to pronounce people married. Words have the power to pronounce you graduated. Words have the power to break our hearts. The absence of words actually changes the brain's cognition. We know words are powerful. And yet we are so careless with our words sometimes. Um, James says that the tongue, the tongue of the trouble is our tongue. If you can control that, you can control anything. How many of you have ever said a careless word that had impact well past what you meant? I know I have. And how many of us have stayed silent when it was time to speak up because we were so shocked or so angry or not sure what to do or say? And so we stay silent. In the book of Ephesians, as Paul um, transitions from some excellent teaching in this lesson, letter he was writing in prison to now, what does the church in action look like? We come to Ephesians 4, and he is calling God's people, not just an individual, but when it's you, it's you, plural, it's the body of Christ, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. How much do we value the worth of the love of God, the love that he has given us to become more like him, to become all that he's intended for us to be, and to be um, his apprentices in life, and to do that together. If something is worthwhile to us, we will go above and beyond to get it, or to have the experience. And yet... I think sometimes we miss the beauty of being in the kingdom of God, of being with his people, just because we're busy or maybe because we've been here a while and we just take the landscape of God's kingdom for granted. Words have power and Jesus knew it. In um, chapter 4, which you just heard, we're going to look at a few verses but verse 15 is really the hinge point. It's really the hinge point for this whole series on truthing. Because in verse 15 it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. So if you want to become mature and like Jesus, you're going to have to deal with your words. We're going to have to deal with what we understand to be true. And we're going to have to uh, deal with the attitudes of our heart. Earlier in the chapter, in verse 2 and 3, Paul, or 4, 2 to 4, Paul really emphasizes the call to being humble and gentle and patient and bearing one another with love. And then verses 3 to 6 is all about maintaining the unity of the Spirit. Now, unity does not mean uniformity. It means that we recognize that we're in community, that God has brought us together. We know from 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage that people love to have read at weddings, but is really about the community um, that we call church, of brothers and sisters in Christ, that love is patient. And yet I am not always patient. And so I am not always humble. I want you to think about the lack of humility. How does pride bring in falsehood? How does a lack of gentleness bring in a lack of love, or an, uh, at least not an experience of love? How 
just patience and bearing one another with one another in love help us when somebody hasn't been speaking the truth. Either they're not speaking the truth or they're not speaking it in love. These demeanors that God wants to grow within our individual personhood, but also in our ways of relating to each other, are going to assist us in speaking the truth in love. So in sign language, um, the truth, the sign for truth, is coming sh words coming straight from your mouth. So you can guess what a lie is. It's when words come crooked out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth? How at work have you been asked to lie? How do we lie? Because, oh, we're worried it'll hurt their feelings. Well, we can, in love, go truthing. Here in this passage, um, in English, we say speaking the truth because we don't have a verb form for the word truth. But actually, in the Greek, it's the true thing. It is all of who you are is telling the truth in love. Hmm. Jesus did this. Jesus was confronted. Jesus was justice-seeking. And he was always loving. Part of being loving is that I expect that you and I can keep growing. And here it says mature into the maturity and the fullness of Christ. When I don't speak the truth to someone, or I avoid the truth, or I keep my counsel, it's often because I think they're too vulnerable to handle it. They're incompetent. They can't take it. Whereas if you are a mature adult, part of that is receiving words from others picking out what is true, and then dealing with that. Now, what happens when a brother or sister in Christ gives you a word, and you're not sure it's true, and it doesn't feel like it was loving? What do you do with hard words? One of the first things um, I want you to do is obviously to pray and say, Okay, Spirit of Jesus, where is this word? Is there something truthful in it that I need to receive? Let brothers and sisters in Christ help you. And so then ask the Spirit of Jesus to help you keep what was given to you that is true and the rest to fall away. Now, Paul was writing this to people who were facing some false teaching. Um, we can piece this together from here and what's written to Timothy, who was a pastor in Ephesus, in his letters. And so Paul is saying, okay, if you start like down in verse 11, um, Christ has given all all kinds of gifts. And this is a different gift list than you would find in the book of Romans or 1 Corinthians. But this, if you notice, is all about people who use words to build up the church. So apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastor teachers. Why are they given those words? They are given words to equip God's people, to help us reach unity, help us to know Christ, and help us to become mature into the whole measure of the fullness. So if you are gifted with some of these word gifts and you keep quiet, what happens? Other people are not equipped for works of service. The body of Christ may not have some unity pieces that they could have if we're sharing our words. We may miss some knowledge of the Son of God and not become as mature as we could. Now, God is always working, but there is a purposefulness in our sharing our words with one another. There's an enrichment and an enhancement that He wants us to have. 
Likewise, if you look in verse 14, they were getting tossed here about, think it's waves here and there. Ephesus was, um, is on the coast. And so they would see that back and forth. This one's got this crafty little teaching. Ooh, that's interesting. And they were missing and being deceived. Words have power. And Jesus, to know him well, is to know the one who is the truth, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And in community, we need to learn how to handle our words. Now, one of the things that is tricky business is that we might think the truth, we might pray about the truth, we might speak the truth in anger, hurt, guilt, shame, horror, frustration, or surprise. We might go about saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. We might forget the truth. We might try to ignore the truth. We may be too busy to ponder the truth. But we are called to speak the truth in love. And so we want to receive the truth well. We want to prayerfully share the truth well. We want our lives to reflect a grappling with reality. And so this is not mamby-pamby, find your favorite motivational quote and go for it positivism. Um, I work with students with um, learning challenges and sometimes they get frustrated. And when people are new in working with students in remediation to help them acquire the skills that they're able to and just need a specified way of learning it, um, people will go, oh, good job. Oh, that's great. Oh, you're so smart. And every now and again, you'll have a kid that says out loud, which you can see grow across the face. You know, actually, I can't read and I'm in grade seven. So I'm really knowing it's not great that you're helping me read this very simple word. And so one of the pieces to help um, in our field is to say you want to be supportive and you want to affirm their work but you also don't want to over celebrate what they know is kind of been a frustration and a challenge and a weakness and so it's a way of making their words match reality and that their practice educationally matches reality i don't know what you're studying and i don't well, some of you I do, but there's a variety of us in our professions and in our personal lives. But how are you doing at leaning into reality? Who are brothers and sisters in Christ who help you, who are truthing in love into your life? You know, sometimes we seek out friends and relationships where they'll just say, oh, good, yeah, good job, yeah, great. Oh, I'm just for you, and you just keep going. When what we really need is someone to say, hey, wait a minute. Is, where is God's perspective in the middle of this problem, this relationship, um, this pursuit, this goal? We want people who love us enough to speak the truth in love. And you know, coming back to that verse to humility, my understanding of truth is hopefully informed by the Spirit of Jesus, but it's not Jesus. I'm not. And that's where humility comes in, is that I think I see this, but I'm also going to let um, 
the idea that this we in community may gather together a wholer picture than I have alone. Gentleness is a demeanor that makes it more palatable. Patience means sometimes the person I'm speaking the truth with in love um, may not receive it well initially, but can come back and receive it. Bearing with one another in love, maybe someone is not able to handle reality at the moment. And it feels like the denial or the dismissal of reality um, is an injustice. We have seen in the last year in North America that some people want to deny injustice based on race, injustice based on gender. And others are saying, no, you can no longer lie. We have pictures, we have video, we have seen horror again and again. And speaking truth in love does not mean not speaking the truth. And there are people who cannot live into the reality of what actually is. Billy Joel has a funny, an old song, like, like when my parents. Um, honesty is such a lonely word. And sometimes you can feel all alone. But these verses are set within community where we are receiving a variety of different people's spirit-imbued giftings and we are growing in maturity so we can discern what is deceitful, what is crafty, and what is not true. And we can become a mature body together. It's all the parts with Christ as the head. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So please come speak the truth in love to me because I do want to mature. Let's each do our part. Let's receive the equipping um, and the unity and the knowledge of Christ and the maturity and fullness of his presence that comes when our words and language and dialogue is speaking the truth in love. Live a life where you accept and look for what's true and what's real, even if it pains us. Jesus himself, the way, the truth, and the life, said um, that you will know the truth, and the truth is what will set you free. It's in John 8, which I hope you will um, read later on. And he talks about the fact that um, the devil, when he lies, this is also in John 8, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Our words are powerful. Our words can be powerful for helping one another deepen and mature and grow into the fullness of Christ, not just individually, but in community. And when we pursue lies, or when we try to ignore what is reality, that's the native language of the devil. So you come and know the truth and the true one and be set free. Live into the wholeness that comes in a community of people who are learning how to humbly, gently, patiently, lovingly, 
unifiedly speaking the truth in love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have given us grace, that you have apportioned it out differently, and that we are all wired for different giftings and ways of serving your kingdom. We pray that the um, Spirit of Jesus would give us courage to use the gifts you have given us to build up one another and equip one another for acts of service, and so we can know you more. Lord, I pray that we would not grow weary in doing good, that our lives, our actions and words would have the power of Jesus for truthing and love. Give our hearts courage to receive from others truthing and love, and give us wisdom for truthing, speaking the truth and love to others. I pray that you would blow away words that are um, cunning and crafty and deceitful, um, well-meaning sometimes, but not embedded in who you are and in your truth. Lord, I pray that you would make us a truthing people who speak the truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen.